chopping it up from the 914. It's your host, Jacob Cooperman, talking about stuff he probably isn't qualified to. Strap in for a podcast filled with rambling hot takes and generalizations, all-encompassing and all for you. Welcome to the show. up episode 12 guys i am joined by a very special guest he is one of the reasons i actually got into podcasting so he was a special guest i was telling you guys about last episode we have urinating tree captain schlosser whatever you might want to call him (laughs) he's here he's blessed our presence on the show thank you so much for coming on dude for taking time out of your day and and editing and all that you know no problem dude thanks for having me yeah no, no problem um so i really starting out here i wanted to pick your brain on the process of making YouTube videos because a lot of people, I feel like they consume podcasts or YouTube videos or whatever it might be. And they, they know about what goes on on the camera. They know about the, the on-air talent or the, the hard work that goes on to kind of, you know, goes into someone sitting in front of a camera or, or sitting in front of a mic and, and just making like however many minutes of content, 30, 40, 50, but they're not, they're kind of like, they don't know about the minutia, minutia outside of that bubble. So I was wondering, like, starting out, what kind of made you want to get into YouTube? Was it a certain thing? I know you had a love for sports and video games. I know that's how you kind of started, but, like, what, what made that jump for you? Um, honestly, when I came back, I didn't expect to come back to this at all. Like, I had, you know, done some brief stuff in the past, but right. nothing that I expected, you know, to take off more just out of passion, but like I had just stopped. I mostly went along with life. Um, The big thing that like really like got me back into it was surprisingly the 2016 election. Really? Because I was being pissed off at like media coverage and just how everything was bullshit. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not like a Trump fan or anything like that, but it's just like, it was just biased as hell. Well, I think we can both agree here that on both sides with the media, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of modern day media has really, really just gone off the deep end. Is really um, just degraded. That, that, I wish that video didn't age well, but I mean, I, I think it has. It, I, it, it extremely has. I mean, like, I feel like one of the only ways you can get unbiased media nowadays is off of, and even Twitter has its moments, but like, you know, I watched your video on the riots and, you know, we won't get, you know, I don't want to get too political here. Um, but you know, like the only way that you're going to get either completely unbiased news now or something that, you know, swings a certain way because you swing a certain way is going online. So in a way online kind of like, and let me know if you agree with this online kind of push that format up where it's like, Hey, if you don't like the modern media and, and, and what big, budget corporations like CNN or Fox are doing, you can go on to Twitter and you can see a urinating tree video where he breaks it down from his point, you know, point of view or someone breaks it down from their point of view, or it's just unbiased. You know what I mean? I feel like it's the combination of that. And it's like the average Joe. I think a lot of it has to do with that. I would say that most of it too, is just like, I feel like people get, as you mentioned, people, I think are tired of just like the general mainstream opinion. They want different voices. They want different like perspectives, maybe people they can relate to. Maybe like you can't relate to Stephen A. Smith all that much. He's just, you know, (laughs) yelling in front of a microphone. You can't really relate to Skip Bayless. Right. Nick Wright. You're talking about like sports news as well. Yeah. Sports news as well. Like uh, regular news too. Um, there's a lot of um, niches that aren't filled. I mean, that even comes down to, you know, like communist or socialist news, if you like that sort of thing, right wing, hardcore left wing. Um, I mean, for most options, you either have like CNN, which is, I don't know, more center left-ish. Yeah, they're left. L. Fox News is like deep right. Yeah. And then MSNBC is even further left than CNN. (laughs) So right. real options right now. Yeah. And I, I, feel I think, like people can't really, I feel people have access to information. Mm-hmm. Search for like, not really for information, but things that reinforce their opinions. Like an echo chamber. I know what you mean. Mm-hmm. Like for it's both sides. Hive mind is very dangerous. 
hive mind for sure is, is very dangerous. I think a lot of people like, to your point, a lot of people will go on only view what news program supports their personal view. And then they'll go on and go to, you know, like I always joke about, it, it's like they go on to I'm right.com or like whatever Facebook group they have. And, and then it's, they're not getting an equal opinion and not getting both sides of the field. I think that's something that's very important. And going back to what you said about ESPN, I think that's also very pertinent. It's something I didn't even think about ESPN. And I remember now <laughs> I'm watching your video on ESPN. They kind of fell down the ladder even further in that they're like kind of making less sports news and more sports and politics mixed news in a way. Do you agree with that? Like what, what's your, a little you, I know bit. You're a sports guy. I think like, especially in the skipper era, they kind of blended that sort of mentality. Right. Uh, the six, because I felt like they, Steve, um, sorry, I forget the dude's name, uh, Jamel Hill, and that's how bad it was. Like, I don't even remember the name. Like, they tried that sort of urban thing, like, with this or that. They tried bringing that to a six o'clock news frame, and it just did not work. Right. And I know, like, um, they were trying to really push that. But for the main part, I feel like they're mostly just going towards, you know, just hot takes because those get clicks and views. Yeah, I can't remember the last time I saw like a – I remember seeing the Max – I know like me. ESPN, they'll have like random opinions with like a flashy headline in front of it. It's right. Like, Look, at, it's like Stephen A. Smith, blah, 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 blah happened. Like, okay. Yeah. Well, I remember there was one I saw – well, I mean, you look left and right, there's Stephen A. Smith memes. But there's also – I'd go so far as to say that there are some pretty good Max Kellerman memes. Like I remember personally when he was asked, and I can't remember what clip it was from or what show it was from. I think it was from first take. Max Kellerman was asked who he wanted to take the last shot for him. And he had a choice between Igudala and Stephen Curry. And he's like, aliens have the death ray and they're pointing it at earth. I want Igudala. And everyone was Iguodala. like, well, yeah. yeah, like you have Stephen Curry, one of the most prolific three point shooters of all time, a guy that's, probably revolutionized the game with the shooting and you're going to Igudala. So I agree with you there. I think it's, I think it's a big, in big part, them trying to kind of um, get the most amount of views possible with uh, outlandish takes or out of the box thinking. And you see that again, circling back to regular news, you see that with regular news too. I mean, taking something like the weather that wouldn't even necessarily be that sensationalized and being like, there's not saying that tornadoes or hurricanes aren't, a big problem but like they can even sensationalize the weather i've seen so it's really just i think modern media has degraded a little bit oh you know for sure mm -hmm. for sure um i mean it's more sensationalized it gets the clicks and the views and the problem right. is they're more interested in you know getting eyes on the tv say something outlandish or do something outlandish yeah. and it's also to produce as fast as you can don't care about the accuracy you can fix that later but the problem is, no matter how much you edit it, the first impression is always going to be the one that sticks. Yeah, no, 100%. Um, I also, as a, as a big YouTube guy, right, as a big YouTube personality, I'd wager to say, obviously, that you are. You've amassed about 300,000 the last time I checked um, followers uh, or subscribers, excuse me. Do you, would you say it's the same thing in YouTube? Where, like, I know there's obviously always been the, you know, the, you get the clickbait title in there. I don't necessarily see you operating under that uh, umbrella. I think you kind of go for more of a straight up kind of view or, or a straight up kind of presentation of what you want to say. Would you say that that's kind of pervaded YouTube a little bit more than it used to, or do you think it's kind of dying down with more people like you? Um, I feel like it's still prevalent no matter what you say. I mean, people always want views and clicks, especially during coronavirus time. There's right. a lot of uncertainty. And I don't know if you've been told this before, but Google ad revenue does not pay that much. It's nowhere near as much as you think. That's for the and not just for the combination of, you know, the ad revenue. Most of my stuff is usually claimed by the leagues. I'll be lucky if like a vid just randomly goes green. Oh, really? So most of the money like uh, ad revenue, I don't even claim. Really? I usually do something called a happy dance whenever like I get like <laughs> <laughs> a video that's not claimed like i think it was like for whatever reason the haters guide to the super bowl wasn't claimed by the nfl and i'm just like what am i dreaming 
They're not claiming this. Is it is it bots that they it's use? Bots. It's bots. It's uh, automation. Like they they have um tracking software for like the videos. Ah, oh, interesting. And, that, and the, they sometimes they'll manually flag it, but for yeah. the most part, it's automatic. That's very interesting. What do you think tips the scale? Is it the music? Uh, I'd say it combination. Like it could or? be music. It could be the clips too. I mean, it's both. I would say. So, sometimes it's one or the other. Um, at the NCAA like has something like really anal like um, the the, the company is called XOS Digital that owns Uh the rights they claim everything and do not give a shit who it is or what it is they will claim it I heard the I mean I've had like you know a couple seconds of college footage and I'd be claimed by XOS Digital it's like dude what the fuck I've heard I've heard the same thing with uh, NBA or is it no it might be NHL NHL does a little bit of that. Um, NFL does a decent bit. MLB is kind of mixed. Do you think that has something to do with them not – well, actually, I could get your take on this too. Do you think that MLB, obviously, they're they're struggling a little bit with ratings? I saw your video, uh, you know, I think it was back in 2017 uh, where you said they were kind of struggling with with stadiums. Yeah, Yeah. like a lot of – they're having trouble. But right. I mean, they're having trouble for different reasons right now. Yeah, well, we can get to that later. Um, mm. But do you think that part of the reason why MLB isn't as strict with their uh, kind of, I guess, striking down on videos is because they're maybe trying to get more clips out there? Because if I feel like if they marketed their athletes better, uh, me and my friend always talk about this. Um, if they market their athletes better, they'd probably be more popular, I'd imagine, and could actually compete with. Them. I mean, because like for me. I think with a lot of baseball fans, and let me know if you feel the same way, Trout could be widely regarded as one of the best baseball players of all time. Easily. And right. remember, didn't the MLB say that it's his fault that he's not more recognized? I th- I didn't even see that, but I mean, like... I like, remember hearing that. Yeah. Like, I remember yeah. an article, it's like, what? It, I mean, it's, it's your I, responsibility. Right. I mean, I I'm not a big fan be, of the NBA, but they do a great job of marketing their stars. A hundred percent. No, I think, I think you're right. I think it's more, it lies on the MLB because... You know, I'm trying to think, like, uh, the only real MLB commercials I see with, like, last year or the, the year before that, the playoffs had the, the like, the Migos song. It was like, is you ready? And it was like October baseball. Those are the only real, for me personally, it might not be because I, I don't watch that much TV, but I don't see that many baseball um, commercials, for lack of a better term. Like, I see a lot of NBA Tuesday or Sunday Showcase commercials. I don't see a lot of, M- M- you know, MLB, like, Yankees versus Red Sox premier matchup. That might just be because I don't watch that much TV, but I feel like they don't really do that good of a job in, in mar- marketing the matchups or the players. You know, it, it, they kind of leave it up to, to YouTubers like you that know what they're talking about with MLB. Like a lot of the stuff that I learned from MLB was from your channel. Hmm. So it's like, and I, you know, I watch, I try to watch all the Mets games. I try to, I try to watch the Yankees games, but like, you know, it's tough because they're, you know, forget that there's so many players out on the diamond at once um there's so many players on one team at once and like you've got so many different play- like it would just help a lot more to get awareness of their sport i feel like if they actually marketed their athletes even a little bit better mm-hmm. you know what i mean so um but yeah no so I, that's that's very interesting that you, what you said about like the ncaa the mlb the nfl you know it, i wanted to ask also with all these like kind of strikes and copyright claims and all that stuff and i know you know i watched a lot of your state of uh the tree videos in preparation for this episode Mm. and you would kind of mention like the life of a youtuber the tribes and tribulations that come along with that can you describe that for me like what's what's it like when say the you know you don't get that green light you know when you're like oh dude like i can't make any money off like what's that Mm. like and what's it like being original and staying original and kind of making new content I'd say, like, my biggest stressor is, like, you know, trying to find stuff that people will find entertaining. Right. Because um, the moment you get content, I feel like you're done. And it gets to the point where it's, like, it's not the kind of stress that you relate with, like, work. You know, like, it's more a physical stress. Like, this is more of a mental stress. It's a different right. kind of stress that you can't really prepare for. And a lot of people don't understand. And I mean, I get it. Like, cause you think like, Oh, you're a YouTuber. You don't have a real job or anything like right. that. It's just, there's a lot no. of stuff. It just like drags like video editing. It's, 
it's basic, it's easy, but it's yeah. very time consuming. It's a pain in the ass. That's that's something you know, that just people say, find know. the footage, get the footage, yeah. grab the footage, and then splice it up and make sure it's lined up properly. Making sure you get licensing. Mm, well, that too. Or I mean, most of the time, it's just like I put what feels good in right. there. Still, so like, how, how long would you say an editing process takes for you? It depends. I mean, there are some that take like about. 10 hours to make yeah like the sports balls those are pretty basic like five to ten because you've gotten speed right point maybe if i'm lucky but like that i don't know if that counts like you know watching the games and assessing everything right so and it, yeah then there's like legacies of failure which i have no idea how long those take probably plus the all the research too because mm -hmm. i know you go extremely in so depth you have to find and then like the hardest part would be like finding the rare footage because in the Mike Keenan video, uh -huh. um, the hardest thing I had finding were early 2000s Panthers vids. Because all I could find were fights and <laughs> the random highlight with Pavel Bure. Yeah. There was nothing else. There was nothing on Mike Keenan. There was nothing on the ownership. There was nothing on any of their games. I mean, I, I managed to find one game with Todd Bertuzzi. Right. Just like, whoa, Todd Bertuzzi in a Panthers uniform. That's like <laughs> haram. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, listen, man, that sounds that sounds incredibly stressful. Like for these podcasts, usually, like I just had the other day uh, for the last episode. Funnily enough, I finished editing that up today, so that took me about two days with the editing, uh, with the video and everything. I sat the the, the length of the round like an hour and fifty four minutes, and man, that took me like that took me about two days in full to edit. So I can only imagine what it's like for you, you know, having to do um, research, blocking it up, editing. And then also that stress, like you said, of like, dude, are people going to, you know, are people going to react well to this? Like, how are people going to take this in? So, you know, I mean, I got a, a great deal of respect for guys like you that, you know, once you get bigger, you might be tempted to outsource your editing to someone else. But you're, I mean, you're, this is a one man operation, essentially. Yeah. I mean, for the most part, like I've had like one person help with like title cards. Right. Because he wanted to do it. I mean, title cards aren't my strength. Yeah. But um, like for the most part, it was just like that. Yeah. Oof. I, I, I can only imagine, man. Um, well, I, I mean, I guess we could get into like the different parts as well. Um, you're, you, you've kind of, I've seen you've locked down some advertisements with Raycon mm -hmm. uh you've amassed quite a following I, I think that's fair to say um and it seems like the only way to go from here is up like did you have what what, do you, what is your trajectory in mind is it just like you're not really worried about that honestly at the moment? I'm not worried about it. I'd say I'm more worried just about putting out like content because I right. feel like that stuff comes secondary definitely like if you come in here basically solely for money or like for like become super famous like yeah. you're not gonna make it mm. and if you don't have that then well what do you have i'm always a firm belief that quality will rise up to the top uh-huh or at least um a likable video because you're not gonna please everyone that's pretty obvious i know there right. are a lot of people who hate my shit i get that uh -huh. that's the glory of the public forum Right. So it is what it is. I mean, when I started out, like when I went, decided to do this more full time, mm -hmm. I was waiting tables too. So like, what... I also think that's dope that you, you just made that jump too. Like I gotta say. Oh, it's also the thing too, is when I start, I decided to change it up. The main thing is that I thought about the risks. Okay. Well, it's completely unstable. You don't know what you're dealing with every day. You deal with a lot of bullshit. You have asshole customers and you deal with a lot of stuff out of your control. They're the same risks and you right. don't know if you're going to be there tomorrow. Right. It's the same risk. I mean, worst comes to worst, I can go back to restaurants, but too, like, I don't know if they're going to be around considering coronavirus. Yeah. So I feel like that's a bubble about to burst, but that's a different story. I mean, we, we, we can always... Unless you want to talk about restaurants. <laughs> Dude, I mean, listen, I used to, funnily enough, I used to, I worked in three different restaurants. And, and let me know if you ever had to deal with this. I would have one restaurant, they'll, they'll rename, uh, remain unnamed. Um, they would pull my tips sometimes. So I wouldn't be making, I don't think, New York State um, legal, you know, minimum pay. And, you know, some of them were just like, 
just not well run. Like I had one bartender that she was like really just like, I mean, I hate to say it, she was really a bitch. You oh, know, yeah. you could, get a lot of those in the yeah. industry. Yeah, a lot and, of pieces of shit. Right, and I there's nothing you could do it because at the at the time I was only a busser. So it was uh, like, yeah, shut uh, up and go like, clean bitches. Because, like, you have to deal with the tip out. Yeah, I've yeah. done, like, essay shit. You get treated like a bitch. Yeah, so it's, it's all really... all it really comes down to. It's, it's annoying. And then when you try to promote, it's like, oh, we're, we're, we'll do it. And then they keep hiring other people. It's like, dude, really? Right, oh. yeah. I, the amount of times I asked for a raise and just never received one is mm-hmm. ridiculous. I think five times. The only times... way you can really get a raise is by being promoted. That's yeah. the only way you can really get a raise in the restaurant industry. And even then... It's so unstable that you, you never know, know. it's going to go down or up. Yeah. Like, I, go down because the, of more competition. The restaurant I worked at was this, this little pizza place near me. And um, to your point, like right after I left, or actually, no, more like a year after I left, uh, they closed completely. Like they yeah. were done. That was before all, you know, before Corona. And it had something to do with the spot. Like it was right along an, a, a, a freeway. So mm-hmm. it wasn't really, you know, wasn't getting much traffic. They were hoping anyways. they were going to get like the exit traffic. Right. People that are like going cross country. It's like, oh, there's a restaurant. We'll stop. Part of the reason why I think McDonald's has a lot of success is because, you know, you go to a restaurant somewhere and you're on like some cross country drive and you see it's like, oh, there's a McDonald's right it's there. It's quick. It's it quick. Name recognition. Right. Um, yeah. Part of the reason why they kind of just had to close down was with location. The chef quit because he didn't yeah. receive a christmas bonus so it was just really poorly run mm-hmm. um but it's interesting that you kind of equated youtube to that because you know you never really think but it's like oh people get banned pretty quickly like yeah um, there are times where canceled. sponsorships can get pulled i've heard like a couple stories of like uh people losing their sponsors because of, i don't know shit they said I, well I, one I mean, guy lost his sponsorship with i think um a wallet company called ridge i think i've heard of yeah. that there was um, another one too. I, I can't really think of it though. Oh, um, H3H3 lost. Oh, I was going to say that. Yeah. Apparently. Like, yeah. I didn't realize he was even sponsored by Old Spice. Yeah. Team Star got, got taken away by like G Fuel. Yeah. And th- what people don't understand is that sponsors are the main source of income for a YouTuber. Mm. As I mentioned, ad revenue is nothing, they're Great only body. ways of survival sponsorship, crowdfunding. And I honestly don't want to put the onus of paying my bills towards my audience. I feel like that's wrong. Right. People do. And I feel like they're okay with it. It's like, okay, fine. But I'd rather, you know, put like a one minute spot or something at the beginning or the end of a vid. Leave it as that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's also interesting. Cause I was going to say like, as, as soon as you said YouTubers getting their ad revenue taken or excuse me, not their ad revenue, but their sponsors, sponsors taken away. I was going to talk to you. I was going to say, like, because you're more, obviously, in the YouTube bubble than I am. Like, the H3H3 versus Keemstar drama was huge. And it's, like, it's interesting to see how quickly a sponsor can just be like, nope. Mm-hmm. I don't, oh, yeah. Uh, uh, even with me. Like, I had SeatGeek. They were my biggest sponsor. And oh, then coronavirus hits. Guess what's not happening? Live sports. Oh, that's And true. they're not going to happen for a while, so they're gone. That's and I don't blame him for it. And that's the reality we face. Uh, my bookie was another one. And yeah. that one didn't happen because anything that happened with me or them. It's what happened because YouTube decided to randomly crack down on so-called gambling ads for sports bids. So right. I had a lot of stuff lined up with them, cut it off. So that's the reality of it. So it sucks, the, but that's, that's life. That's life. Uh, could you see a uh, future where you would be partnered back up with SeatGeek. So it's not really like off. It's just no, kind of it's, it's because of coronavirus. Right. I mean, maybe, but I don't know how things are going to roll. Right. Well, you're not going to have live sports for a while. That's, that's true. At least not with fans anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, if they are, it's going to be like very limited seating. You think like half or, or 25% capacity? Like what are 25%, you thinking? 25%, 50% maybe. Yeah. And if there's a second wave, all bets are off. What do you think that's going to do for ticket prices? You think that's going to They'll probably create a system of balances where they can't spike it over a certain amount. Right. Because if you, if you have a Super Bowl and it's only a quarter seat, you'll have seats going for $100,000, $200,000. Right. That's and you true. can't survive like that. You can't. That's straight up gouging. Yeah. Especially I think if we have laws against that. If, if you're a guy that, like, like me, is in college and just wants to go see, like, 
I don't know, the Brooklyn Nets or, or you know what, I'm going to use MSG as an example because I'm sure you know as a sports fan, MSG literally, it's like highway robbery, how pricey their tickets are. Oh, yeah. I don't want to have to go see a Knicks game. Who, by the way, the Knicks aren't even, I mean, aren't good at all. The you Knicks know, are I, only there because of name recognition. Right. And even they, then, nobody cares anymore. Yeah. I don't want to have to go see, like, if I want to see LeBron play uh, the Knicks, by the way, I'm an OKC fan, so I would just be going to see LeBron. I'm not condolences on that, but yeah, well, you know, we we can we can get into that a little bit more too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's tough. Uh, actually, no, they they kind of over. I mean, they did all right this yeah. year, but it's like you, I mean, all the talent that's been squandered. Yeah, no, yeah, I think uh, real quick on this note, I think Oklahoma City. Feel free to agree with me here or not. Has single handedly and and kind of on both sides the worst and best management because if you talk about drafting we're golden oh and you also have a lot of picks coming up right i think we have houston and you have the clippers picks because if if Kawhi and paul george go those are probably going to be top picks because i think they're unprotected yeah no they are pretty much set for the mid 2000s so yeah yeah i i read something somewhere that some of our first round picks are in like are like 15 or 16 right now and it's like crazy to think that you know Kids that are in middle I mean, school. Houston did not really mesh that well with uh, Westbrook and James Harden, which I didn't think they would because they're very ISO heavy players that str- have their main strength with the ball. Unfortunately, there's no multiple option. Right. So. How did you, how did you feel about Sam? Uh, not Sam Presti. How did you feel about uh, the? Was it Sam? Pre- no, the Hanky? GM of uh, yeah. Hanky um, of the Sixers? No, no, no. Not sorry, not the Sixers. Um, I'm blanking on the the general manager of the uh, Daryl Morey. How'd you, feel about his, how'd you feel about his move to kind of like more small ball with the, mm. with the Rockets? Like, I'm not sure. Like I haven't been really paying attention to the um, Rockets as of late. So I couldn't unfortunately really tell you. The only thing that really with Daryl Morey was Hong Kong. Mm. And like, unfortunately I haven't really gotten into the specifics of Houston right. on their, um, their, like game planning and minutia. So unfortunately I don't have an answer there. Are we going to be seeing a, a little, uh, a Houston video coming up at, at whatever point? Are you, would you yes, ever have I'm actually there? planning on one. Um, I'm going to be focusing on all three teams on how like oh, they sold their souls to win the world series in 2017. Yeah. Because remember, guess what happened the day after Deshaun Watson tore his ACL you think- <laughs> the very next day. They sold. They sold the contract. Yeah, they um, sold everything, dude. Yeah. Not just that. CP3 going down in Game Six. That's Twenty-seven true. straight missed three pointers. Bill O'Brien uh, being embarrassed by Indianapolis, Kansas City, twenty to nothing. That's the oh. new thirty-five to three. Oh, Bill boy. O'Brien, the permanent GM. Hong Kong, the uh, wiretapping scandal, or like yeah. the um, sign stealing scandal, the Astros. They didn't even sell it for a legitimate title. They sold it for a tainted one. Damn. When you put it like that, I. Oh, like that would, I want to wait till Houston, like the rocket season ends. Yeah. And then roll with that. Well, it seems like. I mean, it's, it's more like more of a narrative driven one, but like, yeah, you can really make the argument that they did sell their soul for a 2017 world series. They certainly, now that you say that it like kind of puts it in perspective. Like I'll tell you this as a, as an NBA fan, the Houston Rockets, before they left for the break, lost in four times in a row to yeah. Charlotte, the Knicks, mm-hmm. um, I believe it was the Clippers, and then it was the Suns. Um, like Houston's uh, very inconsistent. Right. They're inconsistent to begin with. But then if you go like what Daryl Morey did, if you go with an all – and sure, it's like – it's kind of more like you said, like ISO and shooting. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot. They had like Covington. They didn't have a true center. Right, yeah. That's they what were, I'm thinking of. They okay. had James Harden taking tip-offs. That was weird. That I mean, was like, weird. I know, like, they <laughs> traded um, Clint Capella. I think yeah. they shed his salary, if I want to remember. Where did he go? Um, Atlanta? Atlanta, yeah. That's what I thought. Yeah. So I, I was wondering. It's like, wait, small ball? It's like, oh, yeah. yeah. That's how out of the loop we've been. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's – I can tell you now, and, and seeing you put that in perspective, it seems like since – what was it, like 2017, right? Yeah. Like, Houston has just been making – all the wrong choices. Mm-hmm. Every single one. Oh, yeah. Also, don't forget, they fired uh, – Texans fired their GM after one year. They tried to get that guy from New yeah. England, and then they got sued. That's why we Oof. get Bill O'Brien the GM. How did you feel about the Deshaun Watson trade? 
Or not oh, Sean DeAndre Hopkins, Hopkins trade? DeAndre it was Hopkins, horrible. Yeah. He's one of the best wide receivers in the game. Yeah. And you trade him for a running back with an awful contract who hasn't had a good like season since 2017. Right. You bring in Randall Cobb for $7 million, and then you go out and get an injury-prone Brandon Cooks, who's been the epitome of inconsistency, and trade a second-round pick for him. You've spent, what, something like 30 to $32 million dollars for three players who may or may not work out for you and may be past their prime, and all of this Andre Hopkins wanted was an extension, he probably would have gotten twenty million. Yeah. You spent more money than you saved. Yeah, and you, and you still could have just spent it on Randall Cobb. Yeah, yeah, that's terrible. Like man. you'll trade Jadevian Clowney yet extend Whitney Merciless. Like it makes no sense. Well, even none me of it as, makes sense. Even even me as an amateur football fan. I I remember because I was editing down here, right? And I get the ESPN notification on my phone. And I go, I pull up the, the notification. I'm like, DeAndre Hopkins. What? Like, I DeAndre remember Hopkins. hearing it. It's like, it's dude, like, this is going to be horrible. And it's like, what are they doing? What are they doing? Like, what? Uh, I, it's I just tell you what they're doing. It's a no brainer. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. That What is it going to be? Is it going to be like a legacy of failure? For no, you? it's just going to be a... Um... The city that sold its soul. The city that sold its soul. I like that. I like that. I like that. It's like I did one of them before with Buffalo. Right. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing that one as well. Mm -hmm. Um, Well, I guess, you know what? Since we're talking about football already, uh, I wanted to pick your brain. Obviously, I say say it's safe to assume you're a big Pittsburgh guy, you know? Yeah. Uh, Penguins. Right. You grew, oh, you grew up here? Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, You're a big pit guy, right? Am I yeah. right on that? You're a big Pittsburgh Penguins guy, Steelers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I guess I'll start here uh, with the Steelers. Now, obviously, Big Ben's coming back. Uh, James Conner, the running back, is coming back. They've got Chase Claypool uh, from Notre Dame, I believe it is. He's a wide receiver. And then they got Juju, Juju Smith-Schuster. Excuse mm-hmm. me. How do you feel about this offense coming into the season? Because obviously they were a 500 ball team last year. They're kind of in that bubble with a new playoff format. Are you kind of like, what's, what's your feeling? Eh, about I feel like they're going to be about the same. Uh, the problem is I feel like a lot of people in this city are just like gung ho about Ben Roethlisberger coming back. But the problem with that is that he's a 38 year old quarterback coming right. off of a major elbow surgery. And he was having issues before the injury mm-hmm. too. So that's going to be like a huge – unfortunately, history is not kind to those issues, those stories. Right. So you think they're going to end up kind of being like a 500 team again? Yeah, I the defense is going to be carrying the way. Well, I was going to say, like, how do you feel about J.J. Watt? Or excuse me, not J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt? Oh, J.J., yeah. he's a stud. J.J. Yeah. Watt is a stud. Um, I know um, the defensive line still pretty strong. Uh, Hargrave's unfortunately gone, but they couldn't afford him. Right. Um, Minka Fitzpatrick. Oh, big time. He's a yeah. godsend. Yeah. Um, Hayden, like he's not the same as he was, but he's still serviceable. Steven Nelson was probably one of the more underrated corners in the league. And the reason why I knew this is because I never noticed him when he was playing, which is a great thing for a cornerback. Right. Because you only notice cornerbacks when they're getting burned in coverage. Yeah, that's true. I didn't even think mm-hmm. about that. Um, well, I guess what you were saying earlier, right, about um, Big Ben and how he's kind of aging. Now, I wanted to also propose this, right? Hang with me here. We know that Cam Newton has not been signed to a team yet. We know that the Steelers' QB depth – I guess I could ask, how, do you, how are you feeling about the QB depth chart for the Steelers? And then branching <laughs> off of that, how, do you, how would you feel about them potentially signing Cam Newton? I think the problem there would be salary cap because I That's feel true. like Cam Newton is going to want a lot of money and he's going to want a chance at a starting job. I think that's the reason why he hasn't been signed yet. Plus injury concerns. Yeah, that's true. Well, you don't think that he's a um, – you don't think he could be a good starting caliber quarterback for, for the, the Steelers? Or is that – I know you I think like, it's a, a little too early for that, unfortunately. They're not going to have a QB controversy with Ben. That's true. That's like, true. I mean, the only one I can think they maybe sign is like, I don't know, Kaepernick maybe. But like even then, I don't know what role he fills. I mean, he's more backup caliber at this point. Mm. and I feel like they're happy with Mason Rudolph. Yeah. I mean, do you think that Mason Rudolph could st- – I mean, I'm trying to remember from last season, he didn't – I don't think he played the best. I could be wrong about that. Yeah, though. he had these moments, but then he, like – Kind of sputtered out. 
Yeah, Duck, Duck Hodges, like, had his moments, and then he, he fell to earth very quickly. Right. So do you think he could kind of step up to the plate this year, or what do you, more of the same? I think this is more of another development year for him, mm-hmm. I want to say. Okay. So it's kind of in the same realm as – well, not necessarily on the same, same realm, because I'm also a Giants guy. Um, and I know I, – I saw your video again. Um, <laughs> I think it was on stream about when they drafted Danny Dimes. Um, not the – I mean, I guess, like, the placement of the pick was bad, but he's not overall, I don't think – Definitely he hasn't been bad. Uh, his yeah. issue is, like, he is very – like, he has problems fumbling. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's going to be an issue. I like the way – I don't know how much of it's going to be, like, him being, like, exposed to the next level or is he going to develop? Because there are a lot of quarterbacks that have stalled out second, third year. It's so, okay. So, you, you think that it's kind of like a wait and see? Yes, for, exactly. For both those mm-hmm. Okay. Like, Baker Mayfield, like, looked really good as a rookie last year. Massive sophomore slump. He regressed yeah. in a lot of ways. I feel like that entire Cleveland Browns team, dude, like, they were so hyped up coming in. Well, I always knew they were boomer bust, and people gave me shit for it. It's like this team's either going to be really good or really terrible. And it turns out they were really terrible because Freddie Kitchens was completely unprepared as a head coach. Right. And also, like, I think I, I remember from your video, too, it was like, dude, there's so many alpha personalities in that locker room. Mm-hmm. Like OBJ, Jarvis Landry. Like, this could OBJ, either be – Miles Garrett, Baker. Right. Like, this could either be extremely – um helpful for the team and like everyone could get along and, and play great chemistry could be there or it will see a dumpster fire. Um, we, we saw a dumpster fire, uh, I feel like. And you can't have a rookie coach go into that situation. Like even a veteran would have found that tough. Yeah. Just adjustment. Like even a Nandy Reed or like a veteran, or even a cower would have found that very tough. So where with, with adjustments, right. And, um, well, not, I don't want to say adjustments, but like an adjustment period, spending an entire year with the team. Do you think uh, the current coach of the Cleveland Browns can kind of wrangle that team back in? I, I'm, I'm blanking on his name. Oh, I'm uh, Stefanski. Yeah. He was the one recommended by the analytics crew instead of Freddie Kitchens. Right. So they finally caved to them. But the thing I don't get is you ignored them and fired them all in 2017 because – you know, they went through the whole tanking, 0-16. They rushed to judgment, and then they went back to a conventional style with John Dorsey getting star names. That didn't work out, so they go back to what they got rid of. That's what makes the Browns the Browns. Like, they didn't need to blow it up. They just needed a new coach. Right. Yet they're just like, oh, fuck it. We're going to go over here and blow it up again because fuck everything. It seems like a very Browns thing to do. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Haslam is not a good um, – like executive, even look at his stuff in Tennessee. Mm. People hate him over there. It's like, why is Tennessee so bad? It's like, oh, Jimmy Haslam. Yeah, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> all is all is understood now. Yes. Um, uh, I guess. Well, you know what? Moving on from NFL now, uh, I wanted to get first your take on NHL, uh, and then we can talk a little bit about the NBA and the MLB lockout if you want. Um, big Pittsburgh Penguins guy. I know they've made the playoffs really consistently over the last 14 seasons if i'm correct they made it in 09 08 and 09 mm-hmm. 14 to 15 or 15 to 16 and 2018 19 um i could be wrong on that uh apologize if they've I made it every year since 2006 right but i'm talking about uh stanley cup wins oh uh, yeah 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 2008 2008 09 15 16 and 16 17 right there you go there you go um how kind of how do you feel? Obviously, first, let's get your opinion on these this new NHL format with the, the round robin and the play-ins, the qualifying. And then how do you feel about your Pittsburgh Penguins going in? Uh, well, I'm not crazy about the uh, playoff format. I know why they're doing it, because they want to recoup some of the money they lost from the regular season. Right. But you can't tell me Montreal, Chicago, and Arizona deserve to make the playoffs. Arizona collapsed incredibly. Montreal is just bad they're not gonna have max domi either because he's a diabetic i had just learned that chicago is well chicago and they sold at the deadline right so i mean i would have been better with like 20 instead of 24 but then florida panthers would be bitching because they didn't get in but tough shit yeah so that would have been what i would have done but i understand why they did 24 because they have a lot of big media markets there montreal chicago Arizona, I mean, that's not a huge market, but it's a market. 
Right. So I think it's safe to say that Pittsburgh will be smacking up Montreal then, or how do you feel about that, the first round of qualifying? Um, I don't know. I mean, there's always that weird feeling that, like, Montreal is going to embarrass us. Right. Because even though there's no evidence pointing to it, it's like, okay, they don't deserve to be here yet because that means they are going to destroy us and we will be embarrassed and laughed at. Hell, I'll be laughing at them if they lose. <laughs> right, because it's kind of like they have nothing to lose in a sense because it's like, oh, we're like on the fringe basically. Mm-hmm. I know they're the 12th seed in uh, – I'm trying to remember what division or the, the conference, but, um, you know, it seems like they're in every sense the underdog. So you, you still think, though, that Pittsburgh can kind of like pull out a, a win here? Uh, maybe. I mean, they were struggling big time. During the season? Well, that's going to be my other thing. No, I mean, before the lock, the, um, the coronavirus hit. Right. Like, they had a lot of injuries. They were really failing to mesh. They were on a massive losing streak, which is kind of the reason why they aren't in the round robin to begin with. But I think one big thing, too, is that Jake Gensel might be coming back. Right. Huge. Because you'd be having, like, a team with Crosby, Patrick Hornquist, Brian Rust, who's having a career year, Jason Zucker, Jake Gensel, Evgeny Malkin. I mean, you're loaded in the top six. Right. Right. Yes. I mean, there's no real pointing to momentum anymore because everything's just out the window. And there's going to be a long way to go before they even can truly come back. Like, they don't even have the cities lined up. Oh, yeah. I mean, I I was under the belief, like, I mean, I feel like they should just punt for next season, but they want to salvage what they can. I guess if they want to do it, hey. You you think they could kind of – I mean, sorry, you don't think that they could challenge for the Stanley Cup this year? I mean, obviously there's – I mean, anyone technically can win the Stanley Cup because there's just no momentum at this point. Right. If you had to do, a, like, a, an official prediction, the urinating tree prediction on this podcast. I would probably say Blues versus Flyers. Those blues were the Flyers. that I had, like, really, like, being white hot. Right. Those would have been my picks. Okay. Um, all right. Well, I mean, I guess after those predictions, we can move on. We're – yeah, we're getting around to the 45-minute mark here. So, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll close it out with uh, some NBA and MLB news. Obviously, the NBA – is kind of expand, expanding, excuse me, the Eastern Conference to the eight and nine spots, which is really where I wanted to pick your brain. And then in the Western Conference, there's an extra four teams added on, the Spurs, the Grizzlies. Well, the Grizzlies were going to be in it anyways, but the Spurs, I think it was the Portland Trailblazers and then the Pelicans. Um, how did you feel about – are you you're a big NBA guy? Do you, do you kind of follow uh, that? I, I mean, I glance bit? at it. I'm not like a huge NBA fan. Did you have any feelings about those uh, – the, the playoff format and the eight-game regular season in Orlando? Like, what were your thoughts on that? Um, I'm, I'm more of the cynic. I'm in the firm belief that they're going to rig it for the Lakers to win because of Kobe, but right. that's just <laughs> how I feel. The Illuminati script of NBA? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's pretty obvious. You could tell. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't mind seeing, obviously, like, you know, I, I think OKC, even though I'm a fan, they're going to, I think they're going up against the Jazz. Jazz is probably going to uh, smack them. Because, um, you know, I mean, CB3, he has a lot of experience, and I think he's kind of led this team this year. I wouldn't but, really say that, too, because the Jazz have had a lot of turmoil. Rudy Gobert, oh, oh, that's there's true. the issue there. Donovan Mitchell had coronavirus. I mean. Well, I this could be a situation, like, apparently, like, if people protest the health issues, that they could be taken out for replacement players. Really? Like, well, I've heard I thought, that. I, th- I thought that Rudy Gobert and, and Donovan Mitchell, I remember seeing a, a post that they had kind of, like, mended and they were, they were good and they were ready to play basketball again. Because I know they had had some trouble for a little bit there. They were kind of, there was some infighting, but then I think they talked it out. Um, well, because um, Rudy Gobert was getting really careless. I, yeah, you remember I, the old footage of him like hand put, touching all the microphones. It's like I'm, I'm oh, never God. gonna I'm never gonna understand that for as long as I live. Like I know was, he, there was a time where a lot of people just thought it was the flu, and it's right. like no, this really isn't the flu. Thinking back, man, I mean, I'm not gonna lie to you. I was because I, I do a radio show uh, with one of my friends, and we were on record being like, you know, I, I think it's, I, I think at some point I had said that like like you said it was a modified version of the flu. And then I learned it was actually a modified version of, I can't remember. SARS. So, yeah. So, you kind of learn more and you get, you know, you see Donovan Mitchell getting it. You see um, one of the 
Juventus defenders getting it. Like nobody, I don't think thought it was going to be um, at least not like the prepper people um, <laughs> thought it was going to be as bad as it was. Like um, I saw the stuff coming out of China and I got pretty spooked. You did? Yeah. But like, I didn't think it was going to be like this. Yeah. I don't think anyone really, like I didn't, self-proclaimed i didn't think it was going to be this bad yeah. but um plus with the lockdowns like you've heard a lot of businesses and you've heard a lot of people yeah so true. like it's it's on the I other side of that. you may have more damage from that wave you think so you think that, like just I like mean, basically, i mean you have one hundred and fifteen thousand people dead which is like damn I, I was. I thought you were talking about the uh, like the businesses side. Well, of businesses too. Like you have like that's a different count that you're not going to get because how many businesses are never going to open again? Right. I mean, I've I've seen one business already go down, and yeah. that's just within like a mile. Yeah, a diner near me actually was like they were down. I think a crazy like ninety eight percent because they were only doing yeah. takeout, and it's like yeah. restaurants were like that. Like there were a lot of like restaurants yeah. on Mother's Day that got like destroyed. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I mean, I don't think, obviously, what going back to what Gobert did, um, talking about how nobody could see this coming. Like, I don't think Gobert thought about what he was doing. It was incredibly stupid, um, you know. And a lot of people justifiably got pissed off at him. Um, but you know, I, I think now that they're good, I think uh, the Jazz. I mean, when they're when they're cohesive, the Jazz are just a solid unit. You know, not only defensively, but with. Donovan Mitchell. I mean, they've got such talent on that team. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But, um, all right. Well, I mean, I get, we're, we're kind of rounding the bend here. We could finish off the show. I wanted to get your thoughts. Uh, you're, you're a pretty big baseball guy. You do a lot of coverage on baseball. Uh, the MLB lockout. I know you've done a video on the MLB lockout. I know you've said your spiel, but obviously now, I think it's been a little bit since you did that video. How are we feeling now that it's, I think it was supposedly like, that we were supposed to come to a deal pretty close to now or like a week from now or something, wasn't it? Yeah, but I mean, they're still like a ways off, I feel like. Yeah. How do you, how do you feel about like the handling? The problem is nobody really wants to give up anything. The owners are bleeding money and they want the players to give up a ton. The players don't want to give up any of their money because they feel like the owners should take most of the loss. All the owners really need to do is just do like deferred payments. Right. Even then it's like they're both butting heads and I thought they'd be the ones to come back. Because their season hadn't started yet, and they like, oh, it's summertime. Let's bring back baseball. And to see them, like, you know, being, like, you know, locking heads and, like, beating the crap out of each other, it's like, it's not good because there's a big CBA expiration coming up next year. So if you m- lose this year for right. reasons unrelated to coronavirus, you could be going right into a player strike. Right, because they've been at each other's throats for a very long time. That's what I was going to bring up. Yeah, they 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 kind of like collusion accusations. They are teams that like aren't spending up to what they should be. Right. Yeah. So I, yeah. I think it. Um, I think it's just been like really poorly handled. If you want my personal opinion, because like now that you have other sports coming in, like NBA and NFL, that are already pretty much dominating the market i mean if you're the mlb and you haven't gotten something figured out yet it's like what are you doing you know not only like speaking from an an internal uh position where it's like like you said there's so much infighting for no reason well not for no reason but nobody wants to move a muscle nobody wants to oh, yeah. compromise like you see that the different you know i think it was like a a 50 cut and then it was like a 75 percent cut and then i want this much i want that much blah 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 blah, blah. Mm-hmm. it's just really like it's like what are we doing here guys you know like, I'm personally, like I said, I'm not the biggest fan of baseball, but, you know, I know a lot of people that are, and they're really just like, guys, can we have baseball back, please? You know, so it's really, it's a shame that, like, a sport like that can't come back. And, and a fact that, you know, it's already kind of been on the back foot because NBA is around and, and NFL is around. Um, real quick, before we, before we end, I wanted to get your uh, kind of prediction here. When do you think that – or what uh, – actually – a better question could be what eventualities do you see happening with this MLB lockout? Do you see it kind of returning? Do you see the players association getting their way? Do you see the owners getting their way? Like what, how do you, how do you see this panning out? Um, I feel like they'll be butting each other's heads for a while. 
Um, I remember with the NHL lockouts, they did the same thing, but the players ended up losing out in the end because they didn't have enough to hold out. And that's how you get the salary cap and all the different stipulations, which have ended up saving the league, to be completely honest with you. Right. But I can't really predict it this time. Okay. It's just like both sides are like, as I said, they're at each other's throats. Like MLB, like the Players Association wants more games so they don't have to deal with payment. MLB wants fewer games because apparently they're losing, going to lose over $600,000 a game. Right. Oh, Jesus. Something like that. Yeah. Which is like, oh, yeah, I wonder why you don't want to play games because they've lost the fans. Like attendance was a big part of their game and also like TV revenues. Right. Right. That that's uh that's a, I didn't even know they were losing that much per game. That's, that's I had seen like an article about that. Let me look up the uh, cuz I took like a little snapshot of it for the Viz. They're going to lose $640,000 a game without fans. That's their projections. And I, mean, I don't know how much of that's true, but that's already with like like you were saying I remember seeing your video like I assume that ticket sales are down, right? As, oh, as, ticket as sales have been way down. Yeah. I mean in different cities. Like some of them are up, but like most of the time like there were a lot of bad teams that were just like draining money. Pittsburgh like had lost a ton of attendance. Right. How do you feel as a Steelers fan? I mean, not Steelers, excuse me, uh, Pirates fan going to this. Well, I guess if there is. Even now, they're going to suck. You think as always? They were going to suck. Well, they traded off Marte and they were like, uh, they had a massive collapse last year. They're going through another regime change. And, well, I mean, not another regime change, but a needed regime change. Right. Because it's like they, they're kind of just in rebuild mode right now, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have to. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, they they. It seems like they're heading that way from the trajectory of of, of trading uh, Marte. Oh, that yeah. They're they're kind of just going full send that ways. But um, you know, uh, uh, any closing statements uh, as we no, wrap sir. up the show? Thank well, you so no, much for coming on. Everything's going to shit. That's really about it. Everything's going to shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, listen, we're uh, we'll be here. Um, thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I, I really appreciate you. you so like when I say this, I, I mean this, you were one of the reasons why I got into podcasting and this whole thing anyway. So having you on here is, is like mind blowing. I hope I didn't cock it up too much. Nah, um, dude, you're good. You're good. But, uh, I'm glad you know, to be on brother. Yeah. Um, until next time guys, uh, thank you again for coming on the show. And, uh, and I, of course, if anyone's watching this and there's the off chance that you don't know who this man is, uh, urinating tree on YouTube. He does fantastic sports commentary uh, videos. Uh, he has his streams, Dumpster Fire, if I'm remembering correctly. Mm-hmm. Yep. I do it with Five Points Vid, so we do it every yeah. Tuesday at eight o'clock. Uh, so go check those out if you like longer form content. Um, if you want witty commentary, like I said, just go check out his channel. It's gold, uh, and uh, I, I will see you guys in the next time. This has been the Chopping It Up podcast. Don't forget to rate and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, and everywhere else you listen to podcasts. Thanks for listening.